You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Cities all over the nation are thinking about the future of infrastructure and what that word even means in the context of a modern urban landscape. On this show, we've talked a lot about the history of highways cutting through thriving black communities here in Detroit. We've talked about road diets or efforts aimed at making roadways more pedestrian friendly. And now a bipartisan group in the Senate has reached an agreement on an infrastructure plan. The details have not been hashed out just yet. But as things develop in Washington, it seems like a great time to look at how cities around the nation, including right here in Detroit, are looking to the future as highways erected in the middle of the 20th century are reaching the end of their lifespans. Should we be rebuilding these freeways, or is it time to rethink them, or maybe even remove them? That is where we want to continue the conversation here on Detroit Today. And here to talk with me about this are two people who have been following this topic pretty closely, but from really different angles. Nadia Popovich is a data and graphics reporter on the New York Times Climate Desk. She recently worked on a multimedia story for the Times titled, Can Removing Highways Fix America's Cities? Nadia Popovich, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Also with us is Robin Boyle, a professor of urban planning at Wayne State University and someone we have on pretty frequently here on Detroit Today to talk about cities and in particular, our city and the way we live in it. Robin, welcome back to Detroit Today. Great to join the conversation. Thank you. So, Nadia, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Your piece begins with a look at Rochester. Uh, What's going on there and what about it is representative of larger issues when it comes to the role of mid-century highways in American cities? Yeah, so I started this piece um, because President Biden actually came out with this plan in March where um, the the American Jobs Plan, and as part of this, it was his big infrastructure push. And as part of this plan, uh, there was this section on funding the removal of highways. Um, And there's a couple of different examples, even he gives. But what I really wanted to see is where had this been done recently? Where had they already removed a highway, and what did that really mean for the communities? And Rochester, New York, uh, which is in upstate New York, right near the border with Canada, uh, that city had recently, just a couple of years ago, um, finished removing about a two-thirds mile-long portion of its inner loop highway, which was a very uh, tight little loop around its downtown. And it's really it's really quite stunning today uh, to stand there. You basically have no idea a highway once ran beneath your feet. It really reconnected parts of downtown to the East End neighborhoods that are more residential. Um, And now the city is sort of looking to expand on that uh, success of its removal there with removing more of its inner loop. So there's a northern section that has not yet been removed. But as I learned when I was in Rochester, um, that section is actually much more complicated. Partly it's a much more uh, residential area. Uh, It would reconnect a lower income, mostly black and Hispanic community to downtown, including a much wealthier white neighborhood of downtown. And the residents to the north of the inner loop are, are pretty concerned about what happens to their neighborhood um, once that reconnection takes place? You know, will they be priced out, be mm-hmm. gentrified? Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, this connects to the history of highways and 
what they did to American cities. I mean, it's it's really interesting in 2021 to be talking about the effect that these things might have on communities when the same arguments uh, and debates were were had when these freeways were erected. Yeah, for sure. I mean, highways radically reshaped American cities. Um, I think, you know, now most of us are so used to them that it's uh, maybe hard to remember that, um, but they destroyed dense downtown neighborhoods, many of the kind that are now in high demand. Um, they divided and and uh, many black communities and really increased car dependence as well, um, you know, helping to whisk people away to, to suburbs. That's part of why I started looking at this from a climate perspective as well, both from the equity perspective and the climate perspective, because the, the movement to remove highways really, really plays into both. Mm. Uh, And you report that nearly 30 cities nationwide are discussing some form of highway removal. Uh, Talk about some of the others that that stand out in your mind. Uh, Yeah, sure. So um, there's this group called the Congress for the New Urbanism. They've been tracking highway removals for many years now. And so they came up with that, that, that number. There's about 33 proposed projects in 28 cities. Um, there's uh, Interstate 375 in Detroit is one that mm-hmm. is on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the highway that, that kind of went through the former Black Bottom neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of New York State uh, cities are actually looking at this. Uh, I think it's a lot of cities that have lost population over the past 50 or so years are now really looking at, well, what can we do to our city to maybe bring people back? Uh, so we're seeing it in Syracuse, New York. Interstate 81 actually just got funding from uh, the state government uh, for a removal project. And Buffalo actually has three different highway removal uh, projects under official study by uh, the city or state. And so that's been pretty interesting to me. But these take all sorts of different forms. So, you know, some of them are true removals where they would take the highway out and maybe replace it with a much smaller uh, at-grade street, which basically means it's on street level instead of either sunken or uh, elevated. But others want to keep the highway but bury it. So something like the Boston Big Dig, but on a smaller level, right? So we see a couple of proposals like that in Atlanta, which is, of course, a city known for being bisected by these, these giant highways. Uh, Robin, I want to uh, bring you into the conversation here. And, and of course, you and I have actually talked about freeways before in, in Detroit. Uh, let's start, though, with this idea. Uh, removing I-375 is something that, that is on the agenda, at least uh, on paper uh, here in, in southeast Michigan. And it's unclear I guess, when all of that might happen. And there is some opposition uh, uh, by some of the neighborhoods uh, that border I-375 to, to the idea of getting rid of it. But but I, I kind of want to start the, the, the conversation further down the road. Uh, I, I actually have given a lot of thought to the idea of what the freeways here have done uh, to the city and what what I think the solutions might, might look like. I, I might make an argument that not only I-375, but also uh, M10, the, the, the lodge, um, and uh, parts of I-75 itself uh, probably do more damage to the city than, than good. Uh, and that if you kind of reimagined Detroit with no freeways south of I-94, 
that it would be a really different place and it would be a much more pleasant place uh, to live in those areas, uh, which include, of course, downtown uh, and midtown, but also lots of other lots of other other neighborhoods. So so let's kind of, I guess, extend the conversation to that point beyond I-375 and I guess ask, why not have that discussion? Why can't we rethink the city in a much bigger way without all of these things that uh, that divide it? Well, it's a very interesting concept, but if I can push it even further out. Um, <laughs> You're going to go I even would, further. <laughs> I would go even further. <laughs> the history of making these interstates come into the city is actually fascinating because the original concept was the interstate highway connecting connecting the states allowing commerce and um, national security to be um, upheld by the construction of these freeways back in the day back in the 50s and then the mayors got into the game and said hold on a minute if we're going to build all this network across the um, across america then we need to make sure that it comes into our backyard and so we then had that enormous discussion and at the time it it was controversial. How do you bring the freeways into the cities? And in some places, they built decks. In some places, they put it straight through neighborhoods. And in other places, not like unlike Detroit, they did very deep engineering. So we ended up with the urban canyons, these divisions that divide um, our community. And we've got that legacy from uh, the 1950s. So that's my first point. Mm-hmm. The second point, however, is one that is, is hard. Because removing a freeway doesn't necessarily remove traffic. Hmm. So the fundamental question we have to think about as we begin this is, okay, we don't like the freeways, and I understand why, but you've got traffic moving through it. What happens to that traffic? So it's more than just taking away the deck or the tunnel or the canyon, as I've called it, But what do you do with the traffic? It needs a comprehensive review of how traffic moves through the city. And I think your idea there of perhaps separating the city into into areas that can take the traffic through it, the big roads, but other areas that are changing, that have changed, that the neighborhoods are different, might be the places that one could do a bit of serious engineering. My third point, however, is don't hold your breath. We've been at this for a heck of a long time. We have. <laughs> That's right. We I mean, don't I seem to get anywhere. And and I, I'll, I'll be honest when I when I share that idea that I just shared uh, with you and our listeners uh, with other people. I mean, I, I I get very very angry reactions from from lots of people. I mean, uh, uh, and, and sometimes from people who surprise me in in their anger about this. Uh, we we are very wedded to the car, of course, here in Detroit, and that makes us, I think, somewhat wedded to to, to the freeways. Even though I think even among people who know of the damage that they did. This this ease of getting around, and and I would you know maybe argue uh, that that it's not as easy as some people think. But but the the concept that hey we need to be able to get quickly from one side of town to the other, or from inside of town to outside of town, uh, it really does it really does uh, restrain our thinking about uh, about how to do it differently. Um, Robin, I, I also want to want to talk uh, about Detroit in particular, 
and how it's different from other cities. Uh, when I look at a map of Detroit uh, and think of the highways that divide it up, th- there are far more in Detroit than there are in most other major cities. I, I mean, if a generous count is that we have five major freeways carving the city up, the center uh, of the city. Can you talk about how that history separates us from, from other uh, communities and how it makes it different, the conversation that, uh, that we might have about change? Yes, I, I think you're making a great point. It, it, it is also about what the city is and where it's located. So we are at a really important junction um, that affects the amount of freight and, and also passenger traffic that moves uh, through the city. We've got that north-south divide that connects us to two major bridges into Canada. I mean, we are, we are at an international border. Now, I know for, a, for the past 17, 18 months, it doesn't feel like it because of COVID. But when things open up as they are, we, we will be reminded again as to where Detroit sits. That's the first point. The second point is the scale of the city. We have a very large, very large city that um, needs to have these corridors of transportation for, for, for these flows of traffic mm-hmm. to go through it. And that has had a huge impact. I know people like to talk about I-375. I'm sure it's really important. And one could, we could spend the whole program talking about this, this idea of, of, of trying to do something in that area. And, and maybe it will happen. But when you go and drive through I-96, for example, all through the west side of the, of the city, I mean, it's a massive ribbon of concrete that mm-hmm. takes us through all the way from downtown right out to the west side. Um, and, and how we deal with that over the time where we're trying to pull together, knit together different communities is really, really difficult. Uh, I'm talking with uh, Nadia Popovich, who's a data and graphics reporter on the Times Climate Desk, the New York Times Climate Desk. I'm also talking with Robin Boyle, who's a professor of urban planning at Wayne State University. And we're talking about highways, America's highways, uh, which many of which are reaching the end of their initial life and need either a rebuild or a rethink. What if we rethought them away? What if we rethought them, uh, rethought our cities without some of the highways that, uh, that cut through them? Uh, we're talking about that here in Detroit, where I-375 is among many highways nationwide that are uh, subject to a rethink and, and might go away. Uh, but we're also talking about it in a broader sense. Uh, what would Detroit feel like? What would Detroit look like? without the five freeways that we have that, uh, that carve it up? What would other cities look and feel like? How would you manage traffic? Uh, but also, what would communities be like to live in? Uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, during this conversation as well. Give us a call and let us know if you think we ought to rethink the freeways here in, in Metro Detroit. Uh, are, we, are we over-highwayed, uh, I guess is uh, maybe a phrase we might use. Uh, think about the massive rebuild of I-75 that's been going on uh, to, to widen it in some cases, uh, to, to renew the pavement, of course, so that it's uh, better to drive on and so that it will last into the future. Should we instead be thinking of ways to get rid of I-75 through certain uh, stretches or uh, to redirect traffic to other places? 
Uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and to Twitter, put comments there, and we'll work you into the conversation. Also would love to hear from people who think, look, leave the freeways alone. Uh, we have the system of transportation that we have here in southeast Michigan. It works uh, without some of the congestion that you see in other communities. That is definitely true. Um, uh why why bother with uh, why bother with the change uh, again 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones let's start with harry in sterling heights harry welcome uh, to the great, show uh, great conversation here my question is how much influence did the big 3 pay in the 1950s when cars were were selling and everybody was going on picnics and going to the beach and moving out of detroit and here we rebuilt the people mover. We did have streetcars that were, were viable. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people making those decisions were really not involved with the future of Detroit, but uh, just trying to sell cars. Yeah. Uh, Harry, a great point. Uh, it's, it's one of the things that I think uh, people talk about a lot around here is the influence of the auto industry over the development of highways. Uh, Nadia, I'll, I'll give you a first crack at, uh, at talking about some of that history. Oh, sure. Thanks. Um, so, you know, some of the uh, historians that I've spoke with pointed uh, a lot to this idea that, that you know, the car industry and um, more broadly different companies really, really pushed this idea of a new city, a new city with highways flowing through it and giant high-rise buildings. In 1939, there was actually, uh, in the World's Fair, GM had this big exhibit called the City of the, I think, Futurama, that was it. And it was basically these giant high-rise buildings, as I explained, with, with big highways flowing through it. And it was a way of like, that was the idea of the modern age, that the city had to be changed. You know, the idea was cities were dirty and crowded and congested and we want to clear them out and make way for this kind of shiny new future. Um, And of course, that wasn't always the way things worked out, especially for the people living in the cities. And so definitely, definitely, um, there was a role to be played by by, uh, large companies in kind of pushing that vision as well. Hmm. Uh, Robin, uh, here in Detroit, people say all the time, the car companies killed the streetcar. The car companies wanted to sell buses. And so that's how we ended up without mass transit, rail mass transit, uh, how, how true is that? Well, I think there's, uh, it, 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 it always comes up under this conversation, and, and, and it's, it's one of these great stories that if you want to get a conversation going in a bar, just, just, just throw <laughs> that one in there. And there is some truth to it. I think that the most personal connection that we have is that when um, Eisenhower was coming up with this grand plan for the interstate freeway system, he actually tapped um, a General Motors executive um, to actually lead that program, uh, tapped into Detroit and pulled them into Washington to, to be controlling or at least leading um, the, the, the planning process. So there really was an involvement of the, the major auto companies of that time behind the whole idea of the interstate freeway system. So that is absolutely true. As to General Motors' role in, the, in, in, in transit in, in, in Detroit, it's, a, it's an open book. Surely they were eager to make buses and sell them. They were not keen on the streetcar systems. So, yes, there's, there's clearly been a history of that. Today, however, it's, it's, it's a different story. I mean, the auto industries are doing different things. Just look at what um, Ford is doing over on the, on, on, in the Court Town area. 
which is quite different than what the way they operated in the past. So I think we are at a change point. We are at an, an intersection, if you want, horrible analogy there, um, with roads <laughs> and the way in which the auto industry is, 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 is working on it. But let's be honest. I mean, they still make their main business from selling cars and cars run on concrete. Mm. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. and we come back, we are going to continue this conversation about the future of cities and the future of highways. We'll also continue to hear from you, Jim in Detroit, Aaron and Jefferson Chalmers, Vince in Oak Park. We'll get to you next. If you want to join them on the phones, 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Your city. Your town. Your voice. On 1019 WDET. Detroit's NPR station. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. Stephen Henderson, your host. And as always, I'm glad you've joined us. My guests are Nadia Popovich, data and graphics reporter on the New York Times Climate Desk, and Robin Boyle. Professor of Urban Planning at Wayne State University. We're talking about cities and highways, the relationship between them, the relationship that we have as people with both of them, and whether we might have better cities if we removed some of the highways that carve those cities up. We want to hear from you uh, about your uh, opinions about this. Uh, do you think we need fewer, fewer freeways here in the city of Detroit or in Metro Detroit? Uh, what would the city be like? What would it feel like to live here? Uh, if we didn't have as much concrete uh, uh, running through the middle of, of neighborhoods. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to social media and put comments there, and uh, we'll include them in the conversation. Let's go to Vince in Oak Park. Vince, what's on your mind? How you doing, Stephen? I enjoy your show immensely. Thank you. Uh, I keep hearing the five major freeways in Detroit, mm-hmm. and can can any can either of your guests name them? Well, I was the one who said five, so I'll <laughs> I'll take a crack at it. Um, uh, so I think you you start with the interstates, right? We have three: I seventy five, I ninety four, and I ninety six, and then you add the Lodge, M10, uh, and then the Davison, which uh, is the oldest, I believe, uh, uh, underground uh, freeway in the nation. It was the first, uh, it was the first ditch dug for, for cars. So that, that, in my mind, brings us, brings us to five. Does that, does that square with, with what you think, Vince? Uh, yeah, I didn't know if you were talking 696. Well, and 696 doesn't come into the city, but it does. Right, it goes, it, but yeah. it goes from east to west. And, it does. It cuts across uh, Macomb right. and Oakland uh, and, and divides, right. you know, those communities up. So if you were talking Metro Detroit, you would you would you would throw that one. You would throw that one in, too. Right. Um, but but I but, I, you know, I brought that up because I can't think of other major cities that have that many. Uh, going through the center of the city, right? Uh, there are lots of cities that have uh, freeways that kind of ring around them, uh, but but the idea of having that many go right through 
the city uh, is 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 unusual, and I think gives us uh, a dynamic that uh, that looks different uh, from other places. Uh, but Vince, I really appreciate uh, the call and uh, the challenge there. I think I think I answered your question. <laughs> uh, let's go to Jim in Detroit. Jim, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Steve. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Um, see, I just had a simple question, probably for Robin. Um, the uh, Gordie Howe International Bridge that's being built, I'm wondering what the, uh, you know, effect of all the roads or highways that are coming out of that into Detroit. I think it's connecting to 75, um, but it sounds like a, a massive, massive project. Um, and, you know, I work in southwest Detroit, and I heard, oh, we're going to, you know, they're going to do a lot of things for southwest Detroit. But I'm I'm really curious as to how that is going to affect the landscape of of Southwest Detroit. Hmm, that's a great question. Go ahead. Significantly, Robin. I think it's going to have a huge impact, uh, both positively and negatively. Um, we're not going to take anything away, at least as far as I understand it. And you know, things can change here in Detroit. Um, I think we're still going to have the Ambassador Bridge, and the, uh, obviously it's privately owned bridge, and uh, it's going to continue to um, have a huge impact uh, nearer to downtown. But then with Gordie Howe, that's the name of, uh, of, of this new bridge, which is, as we know, being actually built by Canadians for, for us to move goods and people across, is going to add to the infrastructure. Um, will it remove traffic um, from from the existing system? It might. It might reduce it to some extent, and 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 if we move traffic on to two bridges, then you you could have a positive impact, but you could have also a negative impact by adding more um, pollution and noise and 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 construction traffic and 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 commercial traffic into the uh, into the southwest. I'm just hope, hoping that when they are finishing the connections to the existing network that they do it sensitively and, and they do respect the neighbours that are there. And we don't use the same bludgeon that um, was done in the uh, in, in the early days in the 1950s. Just a quick comment on 696. That's actually an interesting road to look at. Mm. It was one of the later roads and it actually does have a deck. It was negotiated by one of the communities on the uh, on the north side in, in Oakland County because they were fighting the, the, the road, and so they came up with the idea of actually decking um, the freeway at one point, which we now have just close to the zoo. There's a there's a, that sort of park area to mm-hmm. the north. So it can be done if you've got the political clout. And the reason that we have the problems is that there was, wasn't political clout in these days to, to protect the neighbourhoods. And so the idea of building even more expensive roads with decks was lost in the, uh, in, in the early days. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Uh, let's go to Aaron and Jefferson Chalmers. Aaron, I've got about a minute left, but I wanted to get you on the air. Thanks, Stephen. It pains me to see the freeways in Metro Detroit uh, currently being expanded instead of reduced. This state and this region continues to go backwards in time. Uh, there are a number of reasons that talented young people leave this state and this region, mm. and one of them is a lack of public transit. We mm. should be putting the money towards public transit and not expanding freeways. It makes people dependent on cars. It's not healthy. Yeah. And it kills street life when you have to drive everywhere and everything is a parking right. lot in a mall. Aaron, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I do want to get uh, Nadia Popovich to, to reply to that. This idea that 
uh, cities can grow with by keeping young people or attracting them with transit is part and parcel of this conversation. Yeah, actually, so I'm really glad you brought you know some of this up because one thing I did want to make sure to note is that while there is this growing movement to remove highways, by and large, we're still you know expanding highways across America, hmm. and I think this feeds hugely into questions of both, you know, how do we make cities more livable places for the people already there, but also, you know, for as, you know, the climate keeps changing, the world gets warmer, how do we change our cities in ways that really um, allow for more climate-friendly living, so less car dependence, uh, and that all fits into this bigger question about what do we do with our highways. Yes, yes. Okay, Nadia Popovich of the New York Times, Robin Boyle, of Wayne State University. It was great to have both of you here for this conversation. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Stephen. It's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow for a look at General Motors and the end of American enterprise through the eyes of Kenneth White, an author with a new book called The Sack of Detroit. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.